Yeah, that's all I want to do, just to hear your heart, to uh, stand and give our love to God. What an incredible worship. Thanks to C3 LA for that. C3 LA, we just so much appreciate, uh, appreciate Pastor Jake Sweetman and uh, C3 LA Church. Actually, Pastor Jake was supposed to be with us this weekend. This was supposed to be our one conference, but as you realize, we haven't been able to have that and uh, kind of disappointed with that, but uh, hey, that's... Uh, uh, life goes on. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff to be thankful for. Grateful for that. Hey, listen. I want to. I want to take you today in scripture. I just. You know. Sometimes we talk about the season we're in, but we're always in a season. This isn't new. It's always a season. Different challenges in different times of life. But um, one of the one of the things that that in my heart is always a challenge, and and I think it might be for many of us today is is keeping keeping kind of keeping the main thing the main thing. Just not losing the plot. Losing the the point of uh, a God-facing uh, life, and uh, just want to really, really uh, key in on that. There's a passage in Scripture, Matthew chapter 21, verse uh, 12 to 13. Jesus entered the temple, began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. Verse 13, he said to them, the Scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. I, I don't think that the Jewish people wanted to get off track, but somewhere this, this scripture just kind of uh, reminds me how easy it is to kind of lose the plot, just kind of lose the, lose the track. What's the point? The point of being in the house of God to worship, point of being in the house of God to pray, the point of being gathered together for those things, but they had made it or had become a, a place of, of, of business, had become a place of of negotiation, become a place of commerce instead of a place of worship, instead of a place of prayer. And so often in our life, if we're not careful, if we're not conscientious, if we're not intentional, our, our life, and the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, he says that, that we're, our, our, our body literally is a temple of God, a place that is designed and intended to worship God. But we can lose the plot, we can get off track and become something entirely different than what we're intended to be and doing something entirely different than what we're intended to do. And so I want to I just share with you some things today, just, just some four, we're going to call them four steps or four keys today that, that'll help you grow and keep, keep focused on, on the main thing and keep focused on the plot and keep focused on the thing that we should be doing so we don't get sidetracked and off off beat and off base in what we're supposed to do. So first thing, you know, so thinking about how do we how do we grow? How do we keep focus? How do we grow in our life? This whole month we're talking about how do we grow and uh, how do we keep connected to God? And so one of the first things that we're going to do to keep connected is that we're going to store up in our hearts, store up God's commands. In uh, Psalm uh, 31, we're not going to go there, sorry, in Psalm chapter 3, third th Psalm, verse 1, it talks about storing up the commands of God in our life. And so the first thing we do is we're storing up the commands or storing up God's word in our life. You know, not every, I, I, I read the Bible every day, and it's, it's been a kind of a discipline in my life that I've gotten really uh, intentional about, especially the last three or four years. And uh, it just, I, I know that when I go through times that I feel like I'm dry, I still have a well of God inside of me. I still have this, this realization of what God wants me to do. Because the thing that I, that I most consistently put into my life, the thing that you most consistently put in your life is the thing that's going to keep you uh, on the right route. It's going to keep you uh, stable. It's going to keep you anchored. The thing that you most keep in your life. In um, Psalm 119, verse 11, 
David writes this. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart. He's storing up the commands of God. He's, he's, he's reading the word of God. He's getting them stored up in his heart so that he's full of them so that when he's, when he's uh, jostled in life, so when he's, uh, when he's tempted to get off track, he's got something anchoring him. He's got something keeping him uh, in, in the right place so he knows to do the right things. You know, most, our life is not always so much about keeping away or, or, or the things that we're not allowed to do. More often than not, our life is about doing the right things, not just not doing the wrong things. And when we know the right things to do, we store up the Word of God in our heart, the manual of God for our life. We store up those things in our heart. We keep them there. And then, then we know the right things to do. Okay, what should I do in this situation? I know what to do because I'm stored up the Word of God. Well, how do I behave now? I know what to do because I've stored up the Word of God in my life. I, I, I know how to respond to that person. I know how to act in this crisis because I've stored up in my heart the Word of God. So I am full of the Word of God. So even when we put a little bit of the Word of God in our life every day, storing up God's commands, we know and we have this confidence. You see, this confidence that comes in knowing what to do. When, when we don't know what to do, we, life feels very chaotic, and, and it's easy to become distracted and off on the wrong side. But when we fill our heart with the Word of God, we have this confidence, I know how to behave. I may not always know all the decisions I need to make, but I know how to behave. I know how to to act. I know how to walk forward. I know what my attitude should be. I know what my, uh, my, uh, uh, the way I should relate to people. I know those kinds of things as I've stored up the word, in God, word of God in my heart. So the first thing that we do to, to keep our life on, on uh, you know, to stick true to the point that we, we, we just stay uh, uh, focused on God is that, we, is that we store up the word of God in our heart. The second thing and this, is, uh, this, I think, is, is just so relevant to, to uh, us today, is, uh, again, in Psalm, uh, Psalm 3, verses 1 down to verse 3, it talks about this, but it says, it says this, it says, let's, uh, let's protect loyalty and kindness. Protect loyalty and kindness. So the first thing we're going to do is we're storing up his commands. The second thing we're going to do to grow, the second step we're going to do to keep growing is we're, we're protecting loyalty and kindness. You know, I, I, we are in a polarized world. You know, you don't have to look just at politics, but everybody, it, it seems like in, in our world today that in many things, there, there isn't a middle ground. You're either for or you're against. If you're, if you're not for a cause, then, then it's assumed you're against a cause. And uh, there's no middle ground. And as a result of that, loyalty is endangered in our world because loyalty says that I don't care in some ways I, it doesn't matter your opinion I don't I, I, I you can count on me to be there for you even when we disagree and I think that's one of the huge things about us growing in our relationship with God and being the people God created us to be is that we allow loyalty and we protect loyalty at our heart because conflict can destroy loyalty but conflict does not have to destroy loyalty. Loyalty can be protected in the middle of conflict. In uh, Proverbs 9, verse 22, it says, loyalty makes a person attractive. It's better to be poor, poor than dishonest. Loyalty makes a person attractive. Uh, when you continue to maintain loyalty, uh, you're loyal to your friends, you're loyal to the house of God, you're loyal to church, you're loyal to your employer, loyal, and, and you let loyalty be a, a value in your life, 
You're an attractive person. Somebody that's not loyal is, is not, not, doesn't really attract people. Uh, but loyalty, and when, when we choose to be loyal, when we choose to do that, and kindness, loyalty and kindness. It's not just loyalty, but it's also kindness. We're, we're loyal, but we're acting in kindness, uh, a kind, kind way as well. Um, in Proverbs 3, verse 3, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. So, I mean, there's, there's a pretty strong thing. Don't let loyalty and kindness leave you. Well, so what does he say? It says because loyalty and kindness could leave you. In fact, he uses a, a bit of an illustration to say, hey, uh, tie them around your neck as a reminder. Ride them, re- write them deep within your heart. You know, tying something around your neck, you know, putting something around, that's, that's a pretty strong reminder. When you physically put something around your neck, it's a pretty strong reminder uh, of what you should do. And, and so... Solomon's writing this proverb, Proverb 3, said, hey, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Protect them. Always be kind. Always be loyal. Okay, loyalty means my heart is with you. My heart is with you. No matter what's happened, my heart is still with you. I have a, I have a friend who uh, is incarcerated. He's in prison, and you know, he's done some things he shouldn't have done, and that's why he's in prison. That's normally why people end up in prison. They've done things they shouldn't have done. But yet I still love him and I still have a loyalty to him. My heart is still with him because that's a heart decision I make. And that makes us stronger. That causes us to grow. You're a better person if you're loyal. You walk around holding grudges. You walk around holding uh, animosity against people. You're angry with people. You, you, know, you refuse to make connections or you're not willing to hang, fight for relationships. Um, you, you'll pretty quick get distracted and you'll lose the point. You'll lose the plot of life uh, when, you're, when you're angry with people, when you're holding grudges. But I want to encourage you today to choose loyalty. Choose kindness. Protect that in your life. There's a world out there today in, in everyday life that is, that is everything seems like it's designed to destroy the loyalty in your life, to design to destroy the kindness in your life. My wife and I were driving, I think, yesterday and uh, or actually, I, I, I was out driving yesterday, and somebody kind of cut me off on a, on a roundabout, and, and I mentioned something to my wife, and she said, it seems like people are, are worse drivers or whatever those kinds of things. And whether that's true or not, it doesn't matter. My, the, is, my heart, uh, the issue is my heart needs to continue to be kind, <laughs> even to bad drivers. And so protect loyalty in kindness, just say, just make a de- decision and determination right now. Saying, I'm going to protect, I'm going to keep being loyal. I'm going to keep being loyal. Loyalty is not going to be driven from me. I- I'm going to keep being kind. Uh, I'm going to be known as a kind and loyal person because that's, that's who God wants me to be. So first thing, first step, store up his commands. Second thing, protect loyalty. Protect loyalty and kindness. Third thing, third thing that we do to keep, keep from losing the, the plot in our life, to keep growing in our life, is uh, trust in the Lord with our whole heart. Trust in the Lord with our whole heart. You know, uh, it would be pretty easy in a time like this to lose trust in God. I mentioned last week as I was preaching, I said, you know, I shared the scripture that uh, talks about how at the end and the end times and when things are going on, last days, that many people's love for God will just get cold. 
It's easy to lose faith in God. When you look around a world that seems out of control, when you see uh, so much chaos and, and so many things going on, it's, it's easy to feel uh, like, like you can't trust God. But I want to encourage you today, hang on and protect that trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We know the verse uh, that uh, in Psalm 28, verse 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me. My heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. It's, you know, in the season that we live in, in the time that we live in, it's pretty, pretty easy to, to get discouraged. It's pretty easy to lose joy. It's pretty easy to be upset, angry. But here's what that, the psalmist says. The Lord is my strength, my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me. And because I trust him and he helps me, my heart's full of joy. You want to have joy back in your life? We need to shift from trusting our government, trusting our, our leaders, trusting our, uh, you know, the, the, our employers. We just got to go back to trust God. Trust the Lord with our whole heart. See, there's things going on that we just don't know about, that God knows about it, and I am convinced today, and I hope you're convinced today as well, I am convinced today that God knows exactly what's going on. He's, he's been working behind the scenes, and he's been orchestrating things. This is an opportunity right now that God, has, that God has made for you to grow and become stronger in him like never before. But if we stop trusting him, then that never happens. And because we're not in a position where he helps us, we stop trusting and we start trying to do our own thing. But constantly trusting God and saying, God, I, I just trust you, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a person who likes to understand things. I mean, you know, so many times for me just kind of to engage with something, I've got to understand it, got to understand it. And so it's a challenge for me, and it might be for you too, but it's, it's a challenge to trust God when I don't always understand everything. And so I've I got to press in, and, and I've got to think about how to trust God. And God, I, I, don't, know, I don't understand what's going on, so I'm always making this, these kind of faith statements, and I'm always kind of shifting my heart and going, okay, God, I don't, don't always understand what's going on, or I don't understand what's going on, God, but right now I'm choosing to trust you. I'm going to get my heart in a place where, where I'm, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm not trusting that I understand. I, I'm, God, I'm just trusting that you're in charge, that you're in control God, that you know the beginning from the end, that you're the author, you're the finisher of my faith. I'm trusting that you're in charge. I, even though I don't understand everything, I'm, I'm trusting you. And it's, it's interesting because as an adult, you, uh, you take on adult responsibilities and, and you, know, you have to be responsible for all these things. And yet spiritually, it's with God, it's, it's almost like I have to go back and say, God, God, I'm going to be like a little child again. I'm going to be like a son again. I'm going to be like a little boy again. Just, just trust that I don't understand uh, everything that's going on, but you're trusting, but I'm trusting you. Uh, it's been a great uh, um, revelation, I guess, at the time, you know, God kind of shows things. And when my kids were first born, uh, were little, God showed me all sorts of things about trusting. But now that I get grandkids, I... I uh, I, uh, I love the fact that uh, God gets to teach me all these things all over again. And the other day, I was uh, one of my grandsons, we were going out to my garage, and just forget out to the garage, he said, can I take your hand? Because uh, when we have to look both ways for cars, can I take your hand? Because we've got to look both ways for cars. And there's, some, you know, there's something that kind of you know, stirs in my heart. It kind of feels really nice that he does that. But it's also a reminder to me that that's exactly how God wants us to trust him. God... I need to take your hand right now because we've got to watch out for stuff and, and I really can't see as well as you can see. 
God, I, I just gonna, I'm just going to reach out and trust in you right now because I just can't see everything going on. I, I, don't, I, I can't. God, I'm on overload in terms of having to make decisions. I, I, I'm overloaded when it comes to having to go to the mall or having to go to the store, having to decide whether I'm wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or whether I'm doing this or not doing this or what my future is going to be. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by God. I just, can you watch for cars for me? Can, can you look out after me? And there's something in our heart that, that I, I really think draws us closer to God when we choose at this moment to say, God, I, I trust you with my whole heart. I trust you with my whole heart. The fourth thing, fourth thing, so, so the three steps so far is store up his commands. Secondly, protect loyalty and kindness. Thirdly, uh, trust in the Lord with your whole heart. And fourth one, and this is the hardest one I think right now, is love correction. Love correction. Right now in our world, there is more criticism going on than correction. And because there's so much criticism going on, it is, it is counterfeiting. It is, it is, it's like, it, it, it's like in, our, in our world right now, because there's so much criticism going on, it's, it's a counterfeit for true loving correction. There isn't loving correction going on. There's a lot of criticism. You just, it, it seems like it doesn't matter what you say or whatever stand you take, you're being criticized not corrected. You're being criticized because you don't sense the love in it. You don't sense there's anything. This is, you're just wrong, you know. And, and people are angry and all this kind of stuff. So there's criticism going on. But criticism is a counterfeit of true correction. And God encourages us that if we're going to grow and become who he created us to be, we need to learn to love correction. And, and that means we love it. We don't just tolerate it. And so here, here's just kind of one key thing that I, one key difference that I just kind of would, would suggest to you today is that criticism is mostly unsought. We don't ask to be criticized. But correction, in order to get correction, we seek correction. Correction is intentional. We ask for correction. We ask for feedback and we say, we ask somebody we love, somebody that we, that we respect and we say, hey, uh, this is going on in my life, or this is what's happening. Can, what, am I, what do I need to do differently? Can you adjust me? Can you help me with this? This past week, I was really, really thrilled. Uh, I got a chance to spend uh, a, an evening and a morning with my pastor, with Pastor Lauren Tebbett. And, uh, and part of that time was me being able to say, hey, this is what I'm going through. These are the things that I'm wrestling with. Can you bring me some correction? Can you adjust it? And, and can you help me get this? Because when we love correction... Correction isn't always painful. Correction always ends up being beneficial. And uh, it's, not always even it's not even always painful in the moment. Sometimes, but not always painful in the moment. And, and so he gently gave me some correction. It's super helpful. So when we look at that, here's, here's what Solomon says. As he says, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. And then in Proverbs chapter 12, he says this, to learn, you must love discipline. To learn, you must love discipline. It's stupid to hate correction. Let me give you just one other phrase that just maybe will help you with the whole correction and is that we should seek correction while we endure criticism. Seek correction while you endure criticism. So there's this whole, whole kind of thing that, that I really think that if we just keep pushing through, we just keep 
growing. This is a time in our life when we can become even more of who God created us to be. There's things being tested in your life today that would never have been tested at any other time in history, but God is refining us, and God is just making us even more into the people who we want us to be. I love the fact that the Scripture tells us that the Bible tells us that uh, when God is returning for his church, he's coming for a perfectly prepared church. And right now, God's preparing you. So I think that's an uh, important thing. So I encourage you today, as you walk through all of these things, as you, as you wrestle through life, I just give you these four, four steps again. Let me just remind you of these four steps that will help you grow in this time. First one, store up the word of God in your heart. Store up his commands. Secondly, protect lo- uh, loyalty and kindness. Thirdly, uh, trust in the Lord with your whole heart. And fourthly, love correction. Love correction. Um, as we come to the end of the service this morning, I'm going to pray for you in a minute, but I, I just want to, uh, we're going to be going to our live uh, in-person gatherings in uh, Kelowna and in Revelstoke, still working on a Vernon venue to be able to do that. But starting next week, we are uh, combining our two online services into one. So we will only be having one online uh, church at home uh, service because we're able to do that live at the same time with our in-person gathering. So in reality, even though we'll be uh, in different places, we'll still be gathering together at the same time, whether online or in person. And so that's going to be at 10 o'clock at 10 o'clock starting next Sunday. There will be no more 9 a.m., but we'll just have a 10 a.m. service online and in person, and uh, we're excited about that. The other uh, thing with that is that we're also going to co- be combining the way we do that. So watch for the, our, go to our website live.c or go to the uh, link at live.c3church.ca, and that'll take you to the one platform we're using. Uh, so that we can have it in person and online and we can engage and we can chat together and, uh, and we can continue to uh, be one church united even when we can't gather. So uh, that's coming up. And also just, uh, just a reminder that the first Wednesday of every month, first Wednesday of every month is our all-church prayer meeting and uh, looking forward to that coming up. Hey, I want to pray for you just before we go right now and, uh, and uh, just pray that God would just make you into more of who you, he created you to be during this time. So Father, I pray for every person watching today. I pray for people who are watching later in the week. God, I pray right now that by your spirit, that that through the circumstances of our life, and God, in response to the decisions of our heart, God, you would make us into the people you've created us to be. God, that more and more we become who you saw us as, stepping into fulfillment, stepping into the dream, stepping into the vision that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, bless you. We'll see you again next week.